0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 88 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by NASCAR driver Tommy Regan he is here. We'll talk about his career and also his future plans. Plus, we'll have our... News and notes segment with the latest happenings in the NASCAR world. And we'll also have our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. As always, we are presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. And we want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fancy tickets to every NASCAR, Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit ticketsmarter.com. To get your tickets today, that's ticketsmarter.com. David Starr joins us right now. David, fresh off a visit to Homestead-Miami Speedway, where you started 31st, finished 21st, and then on the cup side, Kyle Larson gets back into victory lane. Tell us about your weekend, David.
1: Man, it was a great weekend. Uh, Miami-Homestead, such a great racetrack. Uh, Man, we... uh, our uh, Amtricity Ford Mustang was pretty good. We only ran one lap in practice; just needed to make a kind of like a semi mock-up run to make sure we was in the race solidly. And uh, uh, but man, when the race started, man, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, you, you know, there for about six, seven laps, you can run on the bottom, in the middle. Then next thing you know, you're right up against the wall. When I say up against the wall, I'm talking about a couple inches off of it, man. You just like, but man, what a fun race! Uh, Jason Miller, uh, my my crew chief uh, We made some changes throughout the race Made our car better Uh, Cautions didn't fall out Fall in our uh, favor And uh, man, we ended up 21st But uh, coming off of a Not a very missable race in Las Vegas That was a night and day improvement But, uh, But man, it was a lot of fun Great race And then to back it up with Sunday's Cup race Was amazing, you know just a great weekend of racing there in Miami Homestead.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Dominic Olagun from the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. And the uh, newly married man, Dominic, uh, Mr. Olagun. We'll talk more about that later, but Dom, uh, first the, the business of the day, Kyle Larson getting the win, creates an interesting situation in this playoff with him advancing to the championship four for the owner's title. But Not in the driver's situation here. We could have a split champion for the first time in 30-plus years.
2: Uh, You're right. I think somebody had put out maybe 1962 or 1963 was the last time this has happened. Certainly the first time in the Cup Series playoff era that this could happen. Look, we've seen this play out in the Xfinity Series. Roger Penske, Joe Gibbs Racing, they, they would do the 22 car and the 18 car, and you'd have a different owner's title champion and a different driver's champion. But we haven't seen this in the Cup Series in a long time. I don't think any of us will rely. The last time that that happened, so it's going to create a, a very interesting situation. Kyle Larson's number five team could go back to back and win the championship. At least from an owner's perspective, it'd be the fifteenth time Hendrick Motorsports has done that. And and Tyler David, I think it's really cool to hear Kyle Larson really talk about how if this was the situation it had to be, he would rather it be this way than to him be for a driver's championship without his team. That he, if he had to do it this way, he would do it like this every year because it's all about the team in the sport.
0: That's the politically correct answer, uh, but no, <laughs> nonetheless, it's it's nice uh, from Kyle. But, David, it's interesting going into – or I, I naturally say homestead. Going into Phoenix in a couple of weeks, um, typically we see guys move out of the way for the final four, and it comes down to one of those four playoff drivers here. If you're Kyle Larson, all the money is in the owner's title. The owner's title is still a big deal. I would have to imagine when it comes to that Phoenix race, there's no reason to think that Kyle Larson won't be running just as hard as the championship four for the driver's championship.
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. You know, he's got a job to do. They hire him to win races, and that's what – win championships, and that's what he's doing, you know. And uh, uh, no difference when you go to the last race of the year, even though he's not part of the final four and racing for a championship. He is racing for the owner's championship. And he's racing to win. Uh, you know, over the years, we've all seen Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson win the race. And they actually won the last race and won the championship with it. But, you know, it's a little bit different situation. Just uh, coming uh, the, the final race here in Phoenix coming up. Um, you know, and, and I think you'll see what he did at Miami this past weekend. I think he'll he'll try to do the same thing at Homestead, you know, and, and every every driver is, you know, just because it's a championship race going on, doesn't mean you're gonna pull over and let people go by. I mean, we all have jobs to do the us to drive race cars and to do the best we can do. And and uh, man, with the parody of this new, uh, new car and all the different winners we've had this year in 2022, uh, I don't see anybody pulling over, or stepping out of the way for the for the final race for the to, to crown the champion. You know, and and it, you know, and it, it might be where our champion ends up fifth place. You know, just as long as he beats the other other three uh, contenders. Uh, but uh, but man, it's uh, it'll be a battle. You know, like it is every week. But uh, kind of exciting to see the the situation that we're in. Uh, and it, I think it makes for even better racing. I don't know how you can do that because the racing has been phenomenal here
0: lately. And, Dom, those other three pl- final four spots, we know Joey Logano going to be there. But the other three are up for grabs this Sunday. And it's anyone's guess who those final three will be.
2: Absolutely. Nobody's locked in on points. No, or have enough points, I should say, to be able to make it in to the Phoenix race by pointing their way until after the race is the only one that's guaranteed to be there. Ross Chastain has a comfortable points margin because he's finished back-to-back second-place finishes in this round of eight. But I don't know. Chase Elliott, William Byron, Ryan Blaney below the cut line now. Chase Briscoe is certainly in a must-win situation at Martinsville. We'll talk more about that Martinsville race later in the show. But man, it's going to make for an interesting recipe for the race this weekend. I don't think we saw in April with Martinsville. We're not going to see that come Sunday.
3: And, yeah. you know, I'm seeing it the same thing across the board a lot through NASCAR. What I'm hearing is there's no one sticking out like, oh, this person's going to win. That guy's going to win. These people have it. Like, a lot of people are baffled. We don't know. I mean, I'm getting a lot of I don't know. And that, that's what I love about it right now is it's exciting again. I, I, when I, Even when I'm watching it, it's a fun race to watch.
0: It is. That's Tommy Reagan, who you uh, just heard. Uh, we'll formally introduce him here in just a second. But one more thing before we... Uh, officially bring in Tommy here Dominic you are now a uh, married man I made the trip out to uh, New Mexico for your wedding had a great time uh do you feel different how, how how'd everything go from your perspective and uh did you enjoy it uh how how'd everything go Saturday
2: man it was the best day of my life and I can tell you you don't really man I don't know if you can relate to this David but the day just felt like it went it came and went so fast and you get that time, those days after, to reflect on it. It's like, wow, did that just really happen? Were all these people here to celebrate, my bride and I? Like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. But it's very, very blessed and very privileged. All these people from all of our different walks of life, family, friends, colleagues, took the time to come spend with us. And just, I, I remember Jeff Gluck saying last week on our show that, Man, it's like an out of body experience when you see everybody there. And man, his words couldn't ring further from the truth, man. like We've had some time to reflect on it. It's like, wow, it, it happened. And like I look down at my hand, and there's a, a new piece of jewelry. And that's pretty cool. That. Uh, I love it, guys. It looks like a, to me, a Hoosier racing slick, like a Jeff Bodine 94. <laughs> that tungsten. <Ironman>. It's, tungsten. <laughs> it's tungsten. It's tungsten. And so, man, a lot, lot to be thankful for, for sure. All the family that was there and just, just down to the, like just trying to enjoy every, bit of it, try to soak it all up. I have great memories for the rest of my life, Tyler.
0: That's great. I appreciate
2: you making the trip out, man. It was awesome to to have you be a big part of our day.
0: Hey, you know, one of my favorite parts the whole weekend, I kid you not, Dominic and I, we're having a good time, little makeshift bachelor party on Friday night at the casino. We're drinking, enjoying ourselves. It's like 10, 11 o'clock at night, whatever it may be. And then, David, you just randomly called uh, Dom out of the blue, told him you loved him and congratulated on him. Good luck. Uh, that, that, that was pretty cool, David. Good. Thanks uh, for thinking of uh, our boy here.
1: Well, man, you know, I was I was busy and, you know, and, and I knew he was getting married. And obviously, I had to work that the day of his weddings so, <laughs> so I couldn't be there, but I <clears throat> wanted to call you guys, let you know that I was there in spirit and I was thinking about you, you know, because, uh, that is a special time in anybody's life and uh, it's kind of like winning a race uh, when you get married because it, it happens it just comes and goes and, and uh, I remember the last race I won when it was over with and you got done with everything I just walked around the racetrack for a couple laps because I'm like man it's getting dark and this day is going to go away and you just you didn't want that you wanted to live in that moment for as long as you could Uh, so, uh, you know, I remember when I got married, I don't, I don't even remember it because I think we did it for all our friends and families and colleagues and everybody that showed up. And it's like, man, after the fact, I'm like, man, I don't even remember, you know, I don't remember really much of anything because it was hectic. It was big, a lot of people. And I think, you know, looking back on it, you know, if I could redo it, do it different, I would have probably did a little bit more how, you know, where it was all about me and my wife, but it seemed like it was for everybody else. <laughs> but it was, yeah. special, it was a special day, you know what I mean? And uh, it's cool to hear Dominic uh, talk about it. And, well, uh, I,
2: I feel that, David. It was so cool to to take time. My wife and I wanted to make sure everybody that was there, we wanted to go to each and every table and, and hug everybody and tell everybody, thank you for being here, and just personalize those conversations. I remember my auntie. Yeah. Getting married a few years back, and that was something that she and her husband did. And that just that left an imprint on me at 14 years old. If you ever get married, you got to do that. You got to go walk around, and, and that's something you won't regret. And it was awesome to be able to share those moments with every single guest that came to the wedding.
1: Dude, that's awesome, man. Starting a new life from from that to that moment on. <laughs> Absolutely. Pretty cool. Got a cool wife, good family. Got a baby coming, man. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on
0: in Dominic Argon's life. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No turning back now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely we're excited for Dominic. Uh, Dominic, our next guest, uh, you know him very well. Tell us uh, about Tommy, not only his uh, his background as a racer, but uh, just as a friend of yours, too.
2: I've gotten to know Tommy. He and I have gotten to know each other on a personal level, on a friendship level over the years. He is somebody who is from Tracy, California. He has run in the NASCAR K&N Series, along with the NASCAR Truck Series and the Cup Series. He is somebody that has a wealth of knowledge. We're talking a huge depth of knowledge when it comes to how these race cars work and always fun talking shop with him when it comes to motorsports. And he, he's definitely one of the most interesting and most smart people I've ever met, especially when it comes to working in this sport. And Tommy, thank you so much for joining us this week here on Let's Go Racing.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you called me and I said, I get to be on a David Star show, I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... I've been following racing for a long time. I, I raced a half mile at the Altamont Speedway in 2001, 2002. And in the 2000s, I mean, David, we I was following you, man. Uh, <laughs> you know?
1: Uh, really? Way back then?
3: Yeah, man. I, I listened. I heard all those stories of uh, you and Brandon gone running. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I've always looked up to you and uh, enjoyed watching you over the years. And, uh, you know, I still do. Uh, I still want to start the next chapter of my racing career and, and you know I, I definitely look up to you in that aspect of, of you still doing it you're you're it's working and so thanks for having me on I really appreciate it um man,
1: it's, we, it's an we honor were, to me we love it that you're joining us and uh man you uh you've done a lot and you, you know you you know what people don't realize or a lot of them do some don't you know how challenging it is not only for myself, for most racers and, 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 you know, you, you, you're going through it and understand it, but man, it's uh just to be racing, uh, racing a cup race, like you did in the truck series and all that, man, that's, I think everybody that competes at that level is a winner and a champion because it's so hard. It's not an easy task. Uh, I, I, every part of it, you know, and uh, sometimes I hear Uh, a driver uh, downplay a little bit you know and I said hey man that was a big deal you know you're a winner you might not have won that race you might not have been on the lead lap but you were in that race and you're a champion you're a winner for even competing in that race because it's so difficult you know and so hard and I respect respect what you've done and what you're still trying to do. Well, thanks.
3: uh, That means a lot. (laughs) I'm hoping to. I got a couple questions for you today that that I genuinely don't know the answer to. Um, I'm hoping to pick your brain a little bit, uh, some practice questions, a couple qualifying questions. And uh, so if we got time, I'd love to pick your brain on the show here when a little later on.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We always got time for for
3: that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: David, you have to ask him our our traditional
1: first off question that you ask all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: There's a uh, traditional uh, we, question. <laughs>
1: Let's we, do yeah. it. You know, we we always ask our guests. You know, when did how did it how did it happen? You know, the love of auto racing? You know, how did how did how did that start for you? You know, was it your dad, your uncle? You know, did, was it at a young age? You know, kind of tell us and the fans that are listening. You know, how you became to love auto racing you know, how, how you started, how, how you became a race car driver.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely came from my dad. Uh, I was, was born and raised in a horsepower family. Um, not necessarily organized racing, but, uh, our, we started off with V drive boats. My dad was into drag boat racing and, wow. uh, we, we would go to the, I remember being a little, little kid watching Eddie Hill go 220 miles an hour on water in a quarter mile. Wow! Uh, Top fuel on water. And uh, so drag boats was really big growing up. And then uh, we got, we had a Sanger Tunnel with a 250 outboard. I did a uh, sixth grade speech on how to drive a boat 82 miles an hour in the sixth grade. (laughs) And so go-kart, you know, the fun thing out in front, Um, dirt bikes in my teenage years, and then uh, the 69 Chevelle. And uh, when I got my license and then street racing, for money <laughs> for years and uh we always did in a safe place uh, but lots of street races hundred dollars twenty dollars hundred dollars uh, lots of that and then we had the altamont speedway that we would go watch and, and that's in northern california is uh, the fastest half mile on the west coast and so growing up, my dad would take me there a couple of times. And then one day we, we got a car. My dad said, your brother can drive it one weekend and you can drive it the other. We didn't know anything about setups. We didn't know anything. We were just kind of friends with the owner of the track. And he said he'd let me go out there and just start with the late models. <laughs> just stand on it.
1: Dude, and
3: awesome. uh, uh, we ran a bunch of stuff like that in the early 2000s. And then, uh, you know, a couple years and then that went away. And then I had a to lot to find myself, you know. I, I opened up a recording studio, and I was doing some uh, TV, you know, TV stuff, commercials for like five or seven years. And I just started drinking a lot, and I was just drinking and partying, and not not caring about anything, just being a just normal dippy, you know, not, <laughs> not caring the world, just drinking, uh, drunk all the time, drinking. Let's go party, football game, let's go, drag race, let's go, you know. And I own a recording studio. So I was doing TV commercials, bands. So there was lots of drinking coming in there. And then in 2008, you know, I just said, what's it going to be? You know, what, what am I going to do with my life? Okay. I was like in my late twenties and I said, all right, what, what's it going to be? And and I just said, you know what? Um, I got to quit drinking or I'm just going to die. And uh, like I, I was wild, like just, I, I wouldn't just sit in a chair. We'd hop in my Chevelle and I literally would have my friends all hop in and we'd go blaze donuts at three in the morning, in residential neighborhood, all bad stuff. So you know, never, nothing bad happened, but it was gone too, if I kept going down that way. So I said, right. I said, I want to become a NASCAR cup driver. And I said, that's what I'm going to be. And it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. I make the decision. I have to make it happen. and that's what I'm gonna live with. So I put myself in a 30-day rehab just for alcohol. I said, I don't know if I need this or not, but we're gonna put a stop to this once and for all. My mom, dad, they jumped on me with lots of love, and I just put the brakes on life. And uh, I did the 30 days there, and uh, I, to this day, since 2008, it's 222, I haven't had a drop of alcohol since
1: dude, that's what an awesome story, man. That's amazing. And it's cool that with, with all the love that jumped on your back from your mom and dad, and I'm sure others, uh, to, to quit cold turkey and to realize, hey, man, I'm not really heading in the right direction. Uh, that's pretty inspirational, man. And it's pretty cool that you did that.
3: Yeah, it, w- it I wasn't necessarily addicted to the alcohol, but it was coming. <laughs> you know, I, I, I knew it, it wasn't far. It was just a whole bad road, and so I feel like you know, I said, I'm going to become a NASCAR if I have to quit drinking, I better do something damn exciting. (laughs) So I said, Fine, I'm going to become a cup driver, and everyone's looking at me like, You need to stop telling people that (laughs) you need to stop talking like that. I said, I'm doing it. So, uh, my head started clearing up in 2010, 2011. I started reading up on all the books for marketing. And in 2012, I caught back up with some of the people I used to race at the Altima with who were now in the K&N West. And I sold like eight races, race by race, just hopping on the phone. I did a a bunch of K&N races in 2012. And uh, at the end of that 2012, uh, I talked long talk with Bodine and he said I could run trucks. And I said, did you just say I could run trucks? I'm going to hang up on you before you change your mind. (laughs) And I stopped talking to you. (laughs) <laughs> an hour later i packed my stuff up and bought a plane ticket to daytona wow and so i got to daytona i ended up meeting up with bj mcleod and adam at new smyrna speedway and i negotiated a a, a deal with discovery at the time uh to have my own tv show and so um i made that deal with discovery because i had some video background and uh BJ and I and Adam and I sold a bunch of sponsorship and we produced this TV show we all moved to Mooresville, BJ and I and Adam and his wife my brother we're all living in a house for like six months producing this TV show we finished it and it aired a full season on Discovery
1: that's amazing
3: all the sponsors were happy and it was we rented a BJ and I rented a bunch of racetracks around um and each episode was about us going to a track and he taught me how to move from the K&N series to the trucks And then, um, he had a lot of success. I didn't have the knowledge, the business knowledge yet. I had the ambition. I had the drive and I was an adaptive driver. I wasn't, a a proactive driver. I was just adapting to everything that was going on around me and trying to do with what was coming at me instead of controlling my future. BJ was in control of his future and he took off and man, I'm, I'm so proud of him to this day. Uh, so 2015, I ran some truck races and, and did some stuff like that. Um, and then I ended up selling enough sponsorship to make my first cup race in 2017. So nine years of every day walking out my front door saying, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to, I don't care what happens just I got to do this. Nine years after I got
0: sober, I started
3: and finished my first cup race. Dude,
0: that's amazing. Wow. So what a road to uh, get there when, when you made that cup start were you reflecting a bit going back all the memories to get to that day i won the race when i crossed the start line (laughs) (laughs) i
3: didn't think it was going to happen i was driving around sonoma i had danica patrick on my right and like there was i was you know all these people were, were i was on the track with junior when he was still racing and like all all these people that i look up to and I still didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I was on the track. But once it did, I, I had a good race. Um, I didn't wreck the car. I finished on a good lap and 32nd uh, out of uh, 40. You know, That's
2: good. absolutely. And, and Tommy, you beat the champion that year. You beat Martin Shreks Jr. And you beat Road Course Ringer, AJ Almondinger your first time. Come on. <laughs> That's
3: a, hey, I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> absolutely.
2: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so, you know, so I have to ask you, Tommy, were you like David, how David was saying that day he won at Martinsville in 2006 and he didn't want the data. And Was that how you felt at Sonoma when you climbed out of that car?
3: Well, I didn't leave no damn Sonoma because of the traffic, man. <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried to leave that place. But, uh, oh yeah, they reroute you and
2: stuff, and they send you another way, and the traffic's a nightmare. At Sonoma Sonoma. no. It, it,
3: it was good. Uh, no, I, I definitely understand the feeling. Um, I was exhausted. I was mentally exhausted from you know the nine-year climb, and it just shut down. And and he's it's right. It's a it's it's such a great feeling. Now nowhere near a win. I mean, my gosh, I don't know what it's like to win a race on that level. I can only imagine. How cool and awesome that day must have been for you, David, winning at
1: at you well, know. Well, you you were, you were winning, dude. You won that day because you accomplished something that took you a long time to to accomplish. You know, and, and being there, practicing, qualifying, running the race. I mean, you you won, dude. You know, what I mean, that's. I mean, I don't even know if you if, you know. If you didn't even make five laps, you still won because you were there doing it. You know what I mean. But you can, you finish the race, you finish good, beat some people, like Dominic said. And uh, no, man, I didn't it
3: just, know. <laughs> yeah,
1: just uh, man, it just uh, I would just tell you, man, it just inspirational to hear your story and and then the drive after that was over. You know, the the, the the determination and passion to keep going. You know what I mean? And, and uh, knowing that, hey, I can do this uh you know what I'm saying so uh, that's pretty cool
3: well you're you're definitely giving me the hope keeping hope alive for me man
1: <laughs> Hey, man, it's, it's, anything's possible if you work hard enough and you, you know and the, you got a lot of want to and a lot of desire a lot of passion I mean anything's possible so I'm uh you know I'm excited to see what's next for you and excited to see you back on the racetrack whether it's the Xfinity series or or the truck racing or hanging in or whatever. You know what I mean? I think it's, uh, you know, obviously just right around the corner and I'm excited to see that happen for you again.
3: Yeah, really quick. Um, when the pandemic hit and, you know, I, I did that last truck race with Dominic and uh, the, what, uh, right before the pandemic at Vegas. Tommy, yeah man that was already almost was,
2: five years ago can you believe that? You was
3: standing next to me and I was like we were singing a national anthem that was that was such a fun day man that was such a really cool time uh but you know right now uh you know real brief I, I don't want to talk about myself the whole dang show
1: but uh during well, the pandemic about, well man it's all about you we want to hear about what's going on with Tommy you know what I mean so tell us <laughs> you know
3: at, at when the pandemic hit I was like all right w- what's going on here Am I going to keep running with these, the, the lower end teams? Am I still going to be learning? Am, am I, am I not going to learn? Am I, I mean, what, where am I, what's it going to be? So I said, look, I need to go back to school. I need to learn a lot more stuff than what I have right now. Um, I don't have the knowledge to win races. I don't have the skill. I don't ha- I mean, I had the skill ability. I was like, a computer with no software i had the hardware but it just wasn't there i was a phone with no apps i needed to go back and and i realized this i was like look i got the monkey off my back now let's do this for real real you get you know one real shot to 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 race with the pros and show the world what i can do so i went back to school during a pandemic to learn more about business um, I went to the PMI Institute, which is an institute for project management. And it teaches people to do things the right way, not my way. <laughs> <laughs> proven ways. I already tried it my way. And, you know, like how to build a Golden Gate Bridge or how to build a skyscraper correctly. And so I can use all of this stuff now to build my racing program the right way with proven processes to force success over the next time. So, it's like, I'm starting over again. Uh, when I come back, I got to rebuild my street credit. I got to rebuild, you know, all of my stuff. But now I have a foundation to, to really grow and, and become successful and have a pathway to push success. Like races are, aren't just accidentally won. I'm sure when you run your Martinsville race, you made it happen and, and things were made to happen. Yes, there's a little bit of luck on that day, but there's a lot of pieces and processes that need to be correct to make that happen. And, uh, I want to at least try and take, like I said, being a reactive driver, I want to be a proactive business person and a proactive driver moving forward. And I, and I believe that I can get back on the track. And one day if I could look at my fireplace mantle and see maybe one or two trophies, boy, that's a win. that that's it for me. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's going for it.
0: So Tommy, what's, uh, what's next? Do you, do you want to do, Trucks, Xfinity, ARCA, what, what's on the, the table for you, what you're looking at to get back into the race car?
3: So, Brad Bodana, we had a long conversation about this. And uh, we both came up with the idea, that, hey, look, let, let's run 15 or 20 Xfinity races and, and go from there. Let's, uh, let's get back. You know, I have my mile and a half right now in Xfinity. And so I want to – I had to get myself into a position financially at home because I'm struggling. I'm not rich. I I sell all my sponsorship race by race. So I had, I started a graphics business and it's gonna pay my monthly bills and allow me to go sell sponsorship on a fly to take a meeting on a fly to, to go to meetings. So plane tickets are expensive. It's like $1,700 round trip. Anytime you want to go somewhere, that stuff adds up. You know, $3,000 doesn't sound like a lot of money, but for me, when I have to pay the side gigs and sell the sponsorship, I'm struggling right now, but I'm on a pathway for November now, December, and January to sell as much sponsorship as I can, and I'd love to make the Phoenix race in the beginning of 2023, and I'd love to make the Vegas race.
1: Well, man, we'd love to see you out there. There's opportunities out there, man. You sell a sponsorship like you have in the past, there's opportunities waiting for you. So uh, uh, I don't see why we couldn't see you in Phoenix or uh, Las Vegas uh, in 2023, no doubt about it. It's
3: it's my specialty. It's what I'm strong points at. I've always sold every race, um, 75,000 here, 35,000 here, you know, not to name off numbers because it just came in my wallet and went straight out, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it's, I'm giving it everything I got. Let me just tell you that.
1: Uh, Oh man, that's
2: great. Yeah, so, so walk us through that, Tommy. I know you, yeah. you're busting your butt and you're you're selling sponsorship and you're you're networking, you're making calls. What does the day to day or the week to week of that look like? Like somebody in your position trying to sell sponsorship, getting back to the racetrack. Really walk us through how hard that grind is and and just making those phone calls or, or reaching
3: out to people and how that all looks from your end. Well, get ready. Uh, this is a this is a real schedule. I could show you my my Excel sheet. So Sundays are my day off. I don't do anything on Sundays. I watch the race and I have, I don't do laundry. It's not like, oh, it's my day off from my normal. Now let's do all the housework. No, my my project management had taught me to, my Sundays are off. I just go to the beach. I don't think about anything. I completely reset. Monday morning, I'm up at 5.30 a.m. I eat breakfast right away. I prep my food until six o'clock. So all of my food is cooked daily. I cannot eat uh, leftovers. I just don't do it. It's like, a piece of bread floating in the cooler. You're just not gonna eat it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, I've learned, you know, that I, I got to cook my food every single day. And uh, so, at six o'clock to seven o'clock, I'm studying setups, suspension setups, new 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 shock therapies, new springs. You know, uh, frame atoms, the atoms in the steel. So all setups. And then from seven to eight, uh, I'm catching that seven fifteen. I race, so I'm i racing on the sim in the morning time. And then probably from nine o'clock to 10 o'clock, I'm in the gym, I shower, you know, from 10 to 1030, I get all ready. And at 1030, I'm I'm out on the road, driving down to Fort Lauderdale, driving to Miami, you know, going, pounding the pavement on the phones, on the way there, trying to go to at least five to seven businesses a day um, selling. And then also during that time, while I'm making calls, going to sell a sponsorship, I see a little restaurant or something. I'll walk in and see if I can sell them some graphics. So I'm doing good. I just did a restaurant today. I decked out the whole place. So it's kind of helping me a little bit. And then uh, nine o'clock at night, I have to shut everything down. Um, I don't watch TV during the week. I uninstalled my Facebook. I uninstalled my Instagram. I don't do social media. I don't listen to the radio. I don't watch TV. I don't do anything. I don't let my dopamine go out because i will i i will watch instagram i swear to god i will watch that stuff forever man and i won't go to bed i looked at the clock one night it said twelve fifty seven a.m i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> man uh, so it sounds like my- you have a full day before it's even noon
3: No, that that's that's what I do and then till five o'clock and then I'm doing graph and then I get home at five and then I do my computer graphic work to do the stuff that I sold and then by nine and then I'm in bed at 10 30 and that that's that's my whole life I love my life I'm extremely balanced uh life for me is a conveyor belt and it's just this constant conveyor belt of crap every week is coming down into my life <laughs> it don't stop it never stops i can either ignore it and just let it pile up and then do all this work to clean up this mess or i can have a well-balanced life and just like that suitcases coming off the airplane you know the guys he <laughs> just got it going and so my structure and my path is doable. My communication is better now than I've ever had it in my entire life. Uh, my workload is good. I'm on a great path. It's just, do I want to race or not? Um, that, that, that's what it boils down to. And that's what it takes
0: if I want to race. Tell me this, I'm very curious, Tommy, with you doing sponsorships and being a race car driver and being a graphic designer too. Are you designing your own race cars too? Is that something you've done?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, d- I did all my own graphics for all those other ones. Um, now, keep in mind, this is still my lifestyle because I, I, I don't have a bunch of sponsorship now. When I have a sponsorship, the graphics I will be off and I'll hire a person to do my race graphics and the business. So it gets easier when I sell this first load over the next three months. But right now... This is not my fun time. This is not the time standing next to the car, happy and listening to the national anthem. This is like my dark time. This is not a fun time for me. And it's it's not a not a way that I want to live. Um, I want to be racing and I want to be providing value to businesses like I always have. But this is the cards that I got. And this is what I have to work with and dig through it and push.
0: Absolutely. David, uh, I mean, you talk to guys all the time and, and you've been there before too of, you know, counting down to your next race and trying to find everything you can. I mean, what Tommy's talking about here, you can relate. This is a grind every day. No, n- there are no days off like this.
1: No, and, and I understand everything he's going through. Uh, you know, um, you know, if, not unless you come from wealthy, wealthy family. You know, your parents or grandparents, somebody's really wealthy. Uh, you know, a lot of us, not all, but a majority of us, have to go out and you know, find sponsors to make sure that the platform that NASCAR offers us will benefit that company, you know, and, uh, you know, with what our sport, uh, again, the platform that's there, the fan base, the national exposure, uh, you know, digital, uh, you know, radio, everything that everything that comes with nascar man it's a great platform for any company and uh, i think tommy's just a phone call or visit away from having that opportunity you know there's uh, there's uh, and what's good about tommy being a cup driver and racing in the nascar truck series you know he can say hey i'm i'm, I'm a nascar driver because he is and uh it gives him instant credibility but you know i, I wouldn't i would just say it's, it's, there's nothing easy about it, but I can assure you that uh, once you keep, you know, you're going to walk into an office, and they're going to, Then behind that door is going to be open arms one day, you know, you're going to make, you're going to get a phone call, you're going to make a phone call to somebody, and they're going to say, man, we'd love to see, you'd love to talk about, tell us more about NASCAR, but, but uh, what Tommy and their sport can offer a company is incredible, whether you're, you know, Mark Truex Jr., myself, Tommy, you know, Tommy, uh, you know, uh, you know, as, as a driver, a spokesperson for that company and let them bring their customers and employees to a race and the TV exposure and the excitement of your customers and Mm-hmm. Man, just all the marketing and promotion that happens with that, man. Uh, you know, I, I I think every company in America should be part of NASCAR, you know. And if mm-hmm. they're not, they need to be. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but Tom, you know, but what Tommy's doing right now, uh, I mean, uh, we all do it. We all go through it. Uh, you know, I'm still doing it. And uh, you know, and as you do it more, you learn what works, what doesn't work, and um uh, And just, uh, you know, you you just kind of learn. I had to kind of learn how to go out there and talk to companies and how to sell the sport and how to educate a company, how wonderful what NASCAR can do for their company business-wise sales. Enhance b2b there's so many so much to it you know i'm not educated on it i just kind of learn as i went because there's no blueprint book on how to do uh, it you uh, show
3: me the book man i'll go buy it right now (laughs) i don't care if it's a thousand pages and uh you know that that's what i'm telling you like when i was growing up and and the 2012 to 2017 i sold a ton of sponsorship it's something i'm good at but I didn't have the foundation and the knowledge below me. I've been in the tidal wave. I had my TV show on discovery and I had all the sponsorship possibility in the world, but what he just, what, 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 you know, he just said, you got to have the whole package. And that's the foundation of being able to deliver more than one campaign, the follow-up showing them, you know, Return on their investment. And then I didn't have all that then, but I feel like I'm well-rounded now to move forward better now than I've ever been in my entire life.
0: Let me ask uh, one more thing, and then uh, we'll move on to our... Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) One more thing, and then we'll move on here. Tommy, uh, one of the things that I think that you bring up goes back to a a bigger discussion in the NASCAR world right now of the ongoing negotiations between the RTA and NASCAR, of RTA wanting a bigger piece of the pie of when it comes to revenue with uh, ticket sales and with Uh, TV uh, distribution and all that, they want a bigger cut of the pie because they don't want to have to rely as much on sponsorships. That, you know, every team, uh, you know, those that are even running at the top level and winning championships are losing money. Uh, You know, they're hoping, they're lucky if they break even. From, From your perspective, whether it's from somebody that drives at your caliber or even just looking at these bigger teams, how much of a relief would that be if, these teams in this next deal can get a bigger cut of the pie there.
3: Well, I've never got a cut of any no pie forever. So I don't (laughs) really know (laughs) if it's cherry or chocolate, but um, (laughs) you know, uh, I I still need to rebuild my my brand, my street credit. Uh, I'm very grateful that NASCAR allows me to be a part of NASCAR right now. So I wanna be whatever helps the greater cause for them for right now. Um, there's more than enough meat on the bone for me to get up, get my profit and get my stuff going. Uh, if I work my programs correctly, um, when I get, you know, way down the road and, and I'm bringing more value then I have, a. It, it all comes to how much value do you provide? You know, how, how much are you doing? Are the team, how much value are the teams, what you negotiate, how you negotiate, where it's negotiated at, you know? I don't think I'm anywhere near to even be in that conversation. I, I do might see myself coming in as a team owner next year. If I, you know, if I can close over the next two or three months, but bringing up anything on that, I, I I'm going to kind of hide out in the background and, and, and do my thing for a while. <laughs> if you want my honest answer. Um, I, I can't answer that. I, I don't know enough about that. I don't know enough about that data. My head's been more in, uh, shock springs, frames, uh, you know, driving style. I, my head honestly hasn't been, or do I know enough information about that area? Sorry.
0: What about you, David? Uh, we hear Denny Hamlin and others be very vocal. Dale Jr., too. The teams want more. How much would that do if they don't have to rely on sponsorship as much? How much would that help, you think? Man, I think there's a
1: balance there. and And, and obviously, just, you know, the revenue sharing right now is unbalanced. Uh, I would say, you know, I mean, I'm not involved as a team owner, but, you know, uh, and I don't know you guys and Tyler, that's kind of like a little bit of Dominic, your expertise, you know, even understanding how the NFL works, uh, you know, with the the TV revenue, uh, you know, how does that work? You know, I mean, Uh, the racetracks get a portion of it. Uh, the teams get a portion of it. NASCAR gets a portion of it, you know, is, uh, you know, I, I'm but not. So Dom,
0: the, the the statistics that came out now, to be fair, NASCAR has refuted this, and they claim it's not true. But the RTA, Dom, claims that teams are only getting 7% of revenue, that 93% is going to NASCAR in the tracks, which I mean, isn't even close to other sports. I mean, I believe the next closest uh, Major League Baseball, uh, the players and teams were getting 80% of revenue. And so you're you're talking about a huge gap of what these teams and drivers get compared to what other sports get of uh, of of that slice of the pie.
2: And with this RTA theme, too. There were leaders from some of these different teams, like the big four teams, like Hendrick, Joe Gibbs racing. They had met with NASCAR and they were trying to figure out this next TV deal because that's going to be coming up in the next year and a half. So where does more money, where can more money come to the team? Is because they said right now the business model in the Cup Series, for lack of a better phrase, Tyler, is broken. The teams aren't making that much money. They're in dire need of these sponsorships to continue, but they want to be able to break away from that, to be able to to maybe rely a little more on the race winnings and less on sponsorship. So when I hear that it's less than 10% of the teams are making, that's mind-blowing, honestly.
0: Oh, I mean, the the reality of it is, Dom, um, to put it in the simplest of terms, a Kyle Busch situation where Joe Gibbs can't afford to keep Kyle Busch because he loses one sponsor, that should not happen period. Uh, there should be enough money there that that Joe Gibbs racing gets from TV revenue or ticket sales that they should be able to pay Kyle Busch whatever it takes to keep him.
2: Absolutely. That's why we're seeing him jump ship to Richard Childress Racing. If this would have been worked out a little better, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be talking about Kyle Busch renewed with M&Ms or even without M&Ms. No problem in Joe Gibbs Racing for years to come, but maybe a situation like this spotlights that a little bit more and the changes that maybe the teams would like to see happen in this next deal.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, interesting conversation for sure. We'll move on to our uh, news and notes segment in just one moment. Before we do, today's show is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004. Fans can also get tickets to any type of event, including sports, concerts, and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to helping those in need by donating $1 from every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com. To find tickets for upcoming events, that's TicketSmarter.com. Dominic, uh, what is uh, going on in the uh, NASCAR world today that we need to cover?
2: Well, we, we like to say we cover every NASCAR angle from all points around the globe. And we're going to go to Europe for this one, Tyler. So 2023 2023, the NASCAR Euro Series we will be heading to Finland for get ready on this. NASCAR on ice. Motorsport.com was the first to report on the weekend of March 4th through 5th. Race cars will be taking, and I quote from their article, breathtaking scenery of frozen lakes. For the first time in NASCAR history, cars are going to be racing on ice in the new NASCAR Arctic ice race.
3: That's now, tight.
2: That's so cool. But I, I got to say, Tyler, I think David kind of had a head start on this when you guys did your ice race up in Minnesota with our buddy up there, Greg, right? Greg Plunkett in January.
1: Man, no, no doubt about it. Very cynic, with cynic transportation. Uh, Barry had, uh, you know, his uh, uh, NASCAR all nice. Barry has, man, you know, Barry's a great friend and a good sponsor of mine. Uh, he owns a, owns a company called lowchase.com, and uh, he's from Duluth, Minnesota. And he called me uh, kind of last year. He brought a buddy of his to, to uh, Michigan. And Mark and Mark Androwski was his name, and he was an ice racer. And man, that intrigued me. I am like what do you mean ice racing? You know, he's like, man, the the lakes freeze up and we race on ice. And I'm like, man, I I can't comprehend that, man. And, you know, I there's no lakes in Texas. I've never been, I've never seen the lake frozen anyway. You know what I mean? I just so bizarre. So uh Mark and Barry uh gave me an invitation to come up to Duluth, Minnesota, and to put me in in a car and race on ice, and in fact, it was not only myself, it was uh, uh, Stephen Light, uh, who was a teammate with me at NBM Motorsports last year, Uh, it was uh, uh, Rayum, uh, God, what's his first name, Uh, Josh Rayum, Josh Rayum that owns a truck team and a, and a cup team and a Xfinity team. Josh came up and there was another driver. I don't remember who it was, but man, we went to Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> and dude, it was one of the most coolest things I've ever done. It was unbelievable. And God, it was so much fun. And I was, uh, they took me to this slate a day before. We're flying in to Duluth, Minnesota, very Barry Sinek picked me up in his airplane uh, in uh, Minneapolis and flew me up to Duluth. And I said, dude, why, what, what are all these tents on these frozen lakes? I mean, what are they they camping on the ice? He said, dude, they're ice fishing. I'm like, what? (laughs) uh, (laughs) Blowing by at about 160. (laughs) Dude, it was amazing, man, you know, and then when we landed and, and, he took me to the lake that we were going to race at, and I, I was just couldn't believe how thick, uh, how thick the ice was. And he showed me the track. And the next day, man, I couldn't wait to do it. But man, you jump in a, uh, you know, I drove a Monte Carlo, like a nineteen eighty-two Monte Carlo, and man, it was the coolest thing. And I was just, you know, it, it, it was just, it was one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I'm starting to figure out, hey, man, we need some we need some weight transfer, we need some forward bike, you know? So I'm trying to figure out how to make the car, you know, rotate to the back so it'll, so it'll, it'll have some forward pickup, forward grip on the tires. And, and uh, Josh Raoom, his car, uh, he didn't make the feature race. And I don't remember what happened, but he said, Hey man, can I ride with you? And I'm like, man, (laughs) absolutely. So Josh was my accident, my road in the passenger seat, of this Monte Carlo that had a roll cage in you know, it, they turned it into a race car, but it had a passenger seat. And I think he had more fun riding with me. I think we started, I don't know, we started like 15th or 16th, drove up to fourth. And man, it was it was the coolest thing I've ever done. And and since then uh uh since since last winter when we did this before Daytona uh uh barry Sinek has gone out and i think he's bought five or six former cup cars uh and uh we're gonna have nascar on ice again in duluth minnesota uh i think january i don't have the dates on it but man i mean there's i'm not gonna be the only nascar driver there's gonna be three four five six other ones and uh, man, he's gone out and invested in real NASCAR Cup cars. <laughs> <just for peace laughs> he so went all big know. on it. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but it was one of the coolest things. And I couldn't wrap my head around it when I first got the invitation and learned about ice racing because I'm like, that's nuts to me. You know, I'm from Texas where it's 100 degrees 12 months out of the year, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but man, what an education it was. And God, that was so much fun. And man, the people, The racers that race on ice up there in Duluth, Minnesota, and all in that area, man, the passion, the passion they have for racing on ice, I loved it, man. I couldn't talk to enough people. They thanked me for coming up there, along with Stephen Light and others that came, but man, what a cool event that was, and and again, we had so much fun, and Barry had so much fun that he went and bought six cup cars, and now he's going to we're really going to have NASCAR on ice in Duluth, Minnesota sometime in January. So
0: pretty cool deal. David, tell me this, uh, with the Euro Series doing this, if this goes well, this has got to be something that comes to NASCAR stateside, right? I mean, uh, if this is a success and goes as planned, um, they got to put something together to do this over here, right?
1: Man, no doubt about it. And the cool thing, you know, let me back up and tell you about Last January, I mean, they had, God, I want to say there was 10,000 people, spectators.
0: Jeez, And, man,
1: it was, I mean, I don't remember exactly. There was a lot of people. I don't know if it was 10,000, but there was a lot of people. And we went over there during intermission time after our heat races. And, man, we signed autographs. We talked to the fans. It was unbelievable. In fact, one of my childhood heroes, a guy named uh, uh Tommy Archer, the Archer brothers that used to race in IMSA. The I, I raced race
3: with the Archer brothers and the uh, Archer brothers. Here.
1: Freaking Tommy Archer was He's spectating. Bad. And man, I said, Tommy, he wanted to take a picture with me. I said, Tommy, you're one of us. You need to be over here signing autographs I mean, you're freaking Tommy Archer, man. Bobby Archer. I mean, growing I, up watching IMSA racing and, and Man, they they were god, those guys were amazing, you know, but uh but yeah, uh Dominic Tyler, uh I see it being a home run and 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 I really see NASCAR doing something here in the United States, uh future years to come. I think they're gonna go over there. I think they're gonna see how cool it is, and I think it's gonna be something that they I don't know how it's going to work, but I think NASCAR is going to get more behind it over the next four or five years. And I think you're going to see something in the wintertime up in that part of the country and up near the Duluth, Duluth somewhere because New man, Hampshire, New Hampshire, January, dude, it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. These people are very passionate about it and have the fan base and, uh, and then understanding. And what were you saying, Dominic? Where Who's going and where are they going? It's
2: the NASCAR uh, Euro Series, they'll be doing it in Finland next March. Man, Dave, they're going to have to hire you as a consultant. You really have some experience on this.
1: Well, I mean, they, hey, man. It, you Send know, David it's, to Finland. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm the right person, but, man, as the racer and Tommy, you know, you're just, you know, man, once you get in there, man, I was racing my rear end off. <laughs> it was amazing, man. And I was you know, I'm beating and banging, and I'm trying to figure out how to get that thing to turn in the center, and and how to get forward vibe. and man, I was learning, I was like a sponge, you know, and I was asking questions, changing the car, but dude, it was one of the coolest things ever, it was unbelievable, man, and then the feature race, man, I was laughing, so man, I started way in the back, and I'm making some passes, and There was a pickup truck and that thing was laid over on the right rear. And I swear to God that the left front tire was like two foot off the ground, three foot off the ground. And I was like, I was laughing because I'm like, man, I can't believe what I'm I'm, I'm passing this truck, (laughs) a race truck. And man, it's it's it was just it was so surreal. You know, it was it was one of the coolest things I've ever done.
2: Yeah, sounds like one heck of a time, man. Yeah, I would love to go out there and go check that out someday. Tommy, you want to race on ice?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'll race on ice. I mean, my first my first time I ever ra- – I've only raced on dirt one time outside of dirt bikes, and that was in the Eldora race. <laughs> my first dirt race in my whole life was the Eldora race, so I'm sure I'll try
1: ice. Why not? Well, dude, I, I raced, man, from the time I was 13, the time I was 20, Friday night, Saturday night, sometimes on Sunday. And I can assure you that, you know, when I got there and saw this, oh, I got this. Anything you learned on dirt doesn't really apply to ice racing, man. It's cool, though. But forward bike, trying to get it to turn and keep your momentum up through the center of the corner and trying to get traction off the corner, obviously, that's dirt racing. You got no steering. (laughs) But, dude, it was was, was a cool, man, it was the coolest thing, man. I, I was serious and laughing. It was unbelievable, man, That's and right. uh, and Tommy, I, uh, man, I'm gonna talk to Barry Sinek tomorrow. You might be one of our NASCAR drivers too. We'll see. If hey, we lock
3: me in, man. I, I'm always down yeah. to burn burn some ice.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah,
3: hey, I, I do have a couple couple really cool questions to ask you before we end today, David. So if you guys could save some time for me, we, we will.
0: We'll get to that here in a second. We'll get to that. We still have some other stuff to get to. Um, Dominic, uh, what else is going on? So Martinsville this
2: weekend, we have the penultimate race of the year. We have stop 35-36 on the Cup Series schedule. We know four guys are going to get chopped. Three are going to – two for sure are going to point in. One could win their way in. But Ross Chastain with a little bit of a buffer. We see Chase Elliott, William Byron in a position to transfer. Ryan Blaney below the cut line. Chase Briscoe before, below the cut line. It's going to be a fun race to watch at Martinsville this weekend. 500 laps. And, and I can tell you guys I spoke with – President Clay Campbell earlier this week from Martinsville Speedway. And, and he assured me, he said, racing is going to be a lot different. To give it another chance. And, and Tyler, I thought of you when he said this, because he had told me. Oh, boy. When, <laughs> no, because like being the football guy and you cover sports, and you cover a plethora of sports besides NASCAR, how, okay, maybe we think there's going to be a good matchup. And then the Packers end up getting blown out. So, like, that's where my mind went on this. Maybe the Martinsville race in April wasn't the best, but there were a lot of factors that went into it. We're actually going for a championship now. There's going to be a lot more factors. I think we see more with this Martinsville race, and I, and I kind of agree with them. I think we got to give a second chance to Martinsville this Sunday.
0: Well, I mean, you race different when you're racing for a championship than you are a regular season race. And this elimination race, we've seen in the past, what was it, a couple of years ago, Ryan Newman moved somebody out of the way to get uh-huh. into the championship race. You know, Biffle I mean, Logano. <laughs> All right. uh All right, guys bear with me one second i'll be right back okay david will be right back stand by but boy you're I mean, smashing into gordon tommy i mean e- even if the next gen car hasn't been great on short tracks I-, I believe the drivers they'll put on a show they know what it takes to get this done
3: sure sure I think they've come a long ways this year. I think a lot of teams are learning, you know, obviously know a lot more about it this weekend than what they did a year ago. There's been a lot of learning, and I think that's where the even balance has is, is replayed the, the field quite a bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, I think that, and that was brought up, too. I mean, this was, what, the sixth race of the year when we saw the race at Martinsville, and it was a rain-delayed race. It was 40 degrees. You have lower temperatures. You're not going to really see a lot of grip put down on the racetrack. Grant's going to be in the 60s. It's going to be warmer, but this race should, I think, provide better racing. You have you have better factors. And I think there's better things in the forecast for it, not just weather-wise, but so many things to help the recipe here to make the better racing at Martinsville come Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, break this down. Who wins the race and who advances? Dom, I think Chase Elliott's going to win. And obviously, Joe Legato's already advanced. Um And I think that you're going to see Ross Chastain get one of those spots. And then the other spot, I think, ends up uh, going to William Byron. What say you?
2: Man, I just don't know about William Byron advancing. I do agree with Chase Elliott. I do agree that he's going to win the race. Ross Chastain's got enough of a buffer. Heck, he finishes, what, 12th or 13th, even no stage points. He's probably going to point his way in, barring no other outside winner below the cut line. But man, I got to think Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, Martinsville.
0: Oh, sorry, I forgot about Denny. Duh. <laughs> let me yeah. let me take Byron out, but yeah. Denny in. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. So we're we'll, we're actually gonna agree 100 carbon copy there. Then I think Denny Hamlin gets it done. He's gonna race again to try to win his first title. Chase Elliott will be trying to become a two time champion along with Logano, and I think Chastain will be in that mix as well. Come Phoenix. I think those are your four that are gonna advance to the championship race. What about you, Dave and Tommy?
3: Yeah, I don't think we're, I, don't, I think we signed a piece of paper against the Vegas betting that we're not allowed to say that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. I I, I but on, all in all, I, I really I have no pick. I, I if I had one dollar, I, I don't know enough. I, I can't pick. I, I really, I mean, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: David, what do you think,
0: David? how's it all going to play out Sunday?
1: Man, it's going to be a hell of a race, you know, and uh, I mean, there's a lot at stake. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I would say, uh, you know, I think the Hendrix cars are going to be really strong. If you look at what Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson have done over the years, those guys have dominated uh, Martinsville, uh, you know, Jeff being the general manager of Hendrick Motorsports and, you uh, I, I feel like that the Hendrick cars are gonna be strong. Uh, but man, it don't, you know, it don't take much there, man, to to somebody make a mistake, make a mistake on pit road, somebody get in the corner a little bit too hot. But man, I uh what I do know is you probably don't want to be leading the race when you uh you probably don't want to be the leader when they when they're waving the white flag. Whoever's running second behind you is probably gonna be your winner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean I mean it's uh it's going to be exciting. There's a lot at stake. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I think I heard y'all talking earlier. Uh, uh, who do we got? Has two. We got Joey Logano, and who else uh, has a guaranteed spot?
0: Joey Logano's already advanced. Kyle Larson's advanced on the owner's side. Right. But, uh,
1: you know, you, you have to thank Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin. And, man, Ross Chastain has had so much speed and ran so good all year. Uh, you you gotta put him in there, you know what I mean? But man, you just named gonna, everybody. <laughs> it's gonna like, be no exciting. It's gonna be exciting. I you know it's hard to pick who and who's gonna be the final four going into the the, the championship weekend there at Phoenix. But uh, but man, I'm I'm so excited about the Morrisville race because man, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a memorable race that's for sure because yeah. there's so much at stake, you know.
0: No doubt, no doubt about it. Should be and long. Man, people, people, you
1: know, other competitors. I mean, you know, tempers are going to flare, and uh, you know these these guys that need to win and need to have great runs. I mean, if you bump somebody wrong or do something piss piss off another driver's not even going, not even part of the chase. Uh, the retaliation, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so- Bubba Wallace is back. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just so much that can happen. Uh, you know, I, I think the Martinsville race is probably going to be one of the most viewed race of all the races this year, just because there's so much at stake and to see who's going to come out of Martinsville, who's going to be our final four participants that are going to be racing for the championship. So, uh, man, there's so much at stake at the excitement levels over the top. It's going to be cool, man.
0: Well, you mentioned payback, Dom, just real quick, uh, 60 seconds on this, um, Ross Chastain trying to you know, get one of those final spots this would there's a lot of people that would love to get even with Ross Chastain this could be a very very bad time for Ross to, to be racing at Martinsville here but, but
2: really is it cuz let's say something happens with Denny Hamlin and Hamlin advances to the championship race and Chastain does not Ross Chastain's going to be a, a moving roadblock for Danny Hamlet, Phoenix, the week after. Is it I'm not even saying Danny. There's a list of guys, though. Martin Truex. So, yeah, so you do have your guys that are out that don't have anything to, to race for this year. So I, I don't know. It, it's tough to say. I, I feel like this, you're right, this would be the place to pay him back, lower speeds, short track, paper clip. I mean, it's what, like race around two football fields. So a lot lower speeds. This would be the place to do it. Man, Sunday's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah. It will be. Let's go racing with David Starr. presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter, Kim Borders, the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR, Cup, Xfinity, and Cafe World truck race throughout the season. For the best deals on tickets, visit TicketSmarter.com. To get your tickets today, that's ticketsmarter.com. Time for our as David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And our first question in the inbox this week, this one's for Tommy. Uh, Jeffrey wants to know, what's the best place in the country to grab a slice of pizza, and what's going on it? All right. So let's get this thing straight. Round
3: table pizza on the West Coast is the best pizza I have ever had in my entire life. It's a half Maui Zowie with extra sauce, extra crispy, only the extra large slices because it's the way the shape of it is makes it all. Half, other half is double pepperoni onion with extra sauce cooked, extra crispy.
2: Man, it sounds like he's
3: doing an ad read
2: there, Tyler. I love it.
3: Yeah. hey i will uh i'll add them even if they don't pay
0: <laughs> uh dom uh, w- w- what about you where are you getting your uh if you had your one choice of pizza where to get them, what are you putting on it if you sure. say pineapple you're a communist
2: <laughs> well okay well man i guess i have to be careful of how i'm going to answer this if we're going national chain i gotta agree with tommy no tommy no, no not
0: be- national changes anywhere
2: Oh, anywhere? okay. Well, then I'm going to go Surf Shack Pizza in Grants, New Mexico. Tyler, you've had that pizza. Great right? yeah. pizza joint here I, I was the-
0: expecting Surf Shack to be uh, catered at your wedding, but. One to ten. One to rib. ten, Tyler. What is it? One to ten. What is it? Surf Shack is solid. I, I'd give it about a six or seven. Yeah. yeah I think I I was expecting Dom to cater it at the wedding. We had prime rib instead. instead. I'm not complaining. Oh, jeez. Pizza to prime rib? <laughs> yeah.
3: I know. Prime Shame rib, 140 yeah. people? Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah, prime rib or bow tie chicken pasta, but pepperoni, green chili, and yes, Tyler, pineapples going on that. No,
3: pie. no, <laughs> <laughs> how
2: dare I, you! I'm getting thumbs up from everywhere else though, Tyler. I mean, you're just the oddball. What kind of abomination are you putting on your pizza?
0: Not pineapple. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Uh, give me like a, a New York slice, um, you know. That's, I'll say this. I have two answers here.
2: Hey, No, no, no. We only got one answer. You got one answer.
0: Okay. Well, I like New York and I like Chicago. My favorite pizza is probably Giordano's in Chicago. Deep dish, pepperoni, sausage, all that cheese and sauce. Just so good. That's my first choice. My second choice, give me a New York slice with all the goods, the pepperoni, the sausage, Canadian bacon, all that. So uh, those are my preferences. David. Uh, what, where would you go? One piece of pizza, whatever you want on it, where are you going for it? Dude, I'm pretty old school. You know, I'm a
1: creature of habit. But, man, Pizza In, Pizza Hut, you can't beat it. Uh, pizza Hut? Man, oh, dude, Man, I, I, <laughs> man I, I love Pizza Inn and Pizza Hut, my two favorite pizza places anywhere in the country. Thin, thin crust. Oh, dude, amazing, man, amazing. There's a man. Yeah, that's cool, man. But hey, y'all know I'm a creature of habit. I probably eat at Pizza Inn when I'm in town here. There's one right down the road from my shop, and my guys that work at the racing school with me, they're like, "Not Pizza Inn again." I said, "Well, you're going to lunch with me. That's where we're going, man." Mexican, Mexican food and pizza, dude. Oh, every day almost. Uh, are you getting broken, pineapple? Are it? you
2: part of the pineapple crew, David? No,
1: I mean, no I'm a, man, there's only two ways I like a pizza. That's either with pepperoni or hamburger or a combination. That's it, man. Extra marinara sauce. Can't beat it, dude. Oh,
2: well, there you now, go. Have I had
1: some good pizza in New York and on the East Coast? I have, but nothing that, you know, I can say, hey, you know, in Chicago, I've been into some places there. The pizza was good, but man, you know, uh, but, man, I'm just a creature of habit, man. I, there's nothing better than a freaking thin crust pepperoni pizza from Pizza Inn, man, in my world.
0: <laughs> I, I think David could go the rest of his life just eating Pizza Inn, the Olive Garden, and a burger. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're Absolutely, right
2: there, Tyler. And, and and I want the record to be known too, man. If we're getting two slices of pizza here, I'm going with Round Table as my second choice. It's a close second to serve, shack, Tommy, Round Table Pizza. You got me introduced to that a few years ago. My you wife still and I got love a little bit of growing pizza. to do. You're, you're okay. of that.
3: What's the so, next question?
2: <laughs> so, no, well, real quick. So, Tommy, where is Round Table Pizza? Where can people find it?
3: West Coast. It's a West Coast thing. They okay. don't have any out here.
0: All right. So uh, there you have it uh before we go and wrap up our final segment uh, of ask david uh we turn things over to tommy for a little ask david uh tommy what do you got for david here
3: all right hey david i got some good questions for you um let's go man, to tommy in que-
0: florida with this question
3: yeah these are real these are real questions um i, I genuinely do not know the answer to these questions and uh I was hoping to pick your brain a little bit. And if it gets into too intellectual property from your race team, just say so. (laughs) But uh, it all started off with three questions and then it turned into like note to note to note to (laughs) note. (laughs) So they're cool questions. So first off, um, my first question is, um, how often does the car react differently than what you planned on, like on the first rollout of practice? Now, now let, let me touch on this for a quick second. I'm not, I'm not digging on, uh, any digs at Bobby daughter. They're they're a respectable team and they know what they're doing. I'm just saying after you guys had your meeting and everybody's agreed, like, Hey, this is how we're setting it up. And and, you know, you, you've raced a lot of races this year with the same team. I've always raced with a different team, this race, a different team, this race. So I've never had a baseline, um is there a baseline how, how many times when your first roll out of practice is the car completely different than what you guys thought it was N- not from a bad setup from Bobby but just you know just a, a different than what you guys had anticipated on
1: you know not not that often because when you roll out to practice you got brand new tires and uh depending on what track it is you know I've been racing at a lot of these racetracks for a long time and I know the feel that I want to feel uh, you know, when I arc it in the corner, I, I need the thing to be underneath me where I can arc it. Uh, you need it to rotate. You need it when you, when you turn that steering wheel, you need it to react. And then the drive up off the corner, I mean, you need to, you need to drive up off the corner, but you know, uh, a lot of tracks, mile and a half tracks where you're carrying a lot of speed. Uh, you know, I mean, you know,
3: you're, you're so pretty much every race, you're not too far off.
1: From- no, no, you're not too far off it's when you start losing your fuel load and your tires start wearing out then you then you can understand what you really have you know the first six seven eight laps you know you uh, it's almost like a mock-up qualifying run you know uh you know i i know right on the first lap sometimes i know the first corner uh you know if my car is really good or not you know and uh mm-hmm. But uh, there's been times, uh, you know, all racers, when you go in a corner, when you know, when you get up to speed, you take it off in corner number one, it doesn't react like you want it to react. You're like, whoa, something ain't right. You know what I mean? So uh, it's not always, it's not always perfect like you would hope it is, and uh, and then sometimes you got to run an extra lap just to make sure that you didn't do anything crazy. And uh, then the second lap, it does the same thing. Then it's time to pull into the garage and say, hey, guys, something, something ain't right. It's too free on entry or it won't turn in the center. And a lot of times you can dive off in the corner at 190 miles an hour. And next thing you know, the, you got the wheel turned, but the thing's going laterals, going up against the wall because it's sitting on the splitter. There's no load on the front tires because a car is on the splitter. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that happens every once in a while, you know. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you know, the feel you're looking for. I do because I've been, to, I've been to these racetracks so many times. Uh, and it, and to be honest with you, it's not always what what you think it's going to be. You know what I mean? You just never sure. know
3: where yeah. i come from is i've always went every race i'm with a different team and sometimes i show up and it's it's right under me and it's and we're just a little off and other times i've showed up and it's been way off so i was just trying to say talk, ask somebody who's raced with the same team for many races if you know you know what i was getting at so thanks yeah, for that yeah absolutely
1: and it ain't always perfect from the start you know what i mean and uh uh yeah and okay.
3: uh, that's good news to me cuz yeah, i'm absolutely. not used to having that absolutely <laughs> okay. okay what's well, the next, next question, question? It, my next question was falling into that. How, how predictable has the tire fall off during the race been throughout the 22 races you've done compared to how you planned it to be for the race? Um, has it been kind of close, kind of what you guys plan it to do, or is every fall off different than what you guys kind of plan on? Yeah, every
1: racetrack's different because you use a different compound, different number, the, the tires built different for different races, you know. And um uh tire fall off is good. Uh sometimes throughout practice uh and throughout the first stage of a race, uh, you know, you uh you you know there's a lot going on in a race, you know, you're paying attention to who put on tires, who pitted. Uh, how much faster they are than you, uh, but you know, tire fall off is good uh, because tire fall off for everybody is good. You just don't want yours to fall off as much as everybody else's. But uh, yeah, but, uh, but My yeah, question, I mean, the question pretty would
3: much... be, let, let, let's say you're going to Texas and you plan for it to be, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get uh 20 laps out of this tire. Is it usually around like, you know, it, you you plan a different number for each track. I, I get that, but have each track you go to, has it been around what you guys plan for
1: on the? Well, yeah, yeah it. it I, I believe it has. I'm not always involved in uh, uh, in the pit stop strategy, uh, and and you know I, I'm involved with a lot of stuff with our team, but you know I think most race tracks it's equal for all the tire is going to fall off it's going to fall off within 30 laps fall off big where you lose 2 to 3 seconds of you know from from the time the tire was brand new but that's like that for everybody you know what i mean sure and okay uh, so which, you
3: can you can kind of predict how the tire is going to act it's not super unpredictable
1: no it's okay. not yeah yeah it's it's pretty standard it's nothing that's nothing uh, to answer your question, this year, in 2023, I have, not, I have not used tires that have been very surprising to how they fall off or didn't fall off. So it's pretty much the same as what okay. we That's anticipated good news, them being. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Like I said, the people that I, I, I've never had I, – I didn't know the answer to the question because I right, haven't right, had right. some baseline. So that falls into my next question that you just answered. Um, if I'm going to – so basically – Nowadays, I'm very familiar with the front shocks, the rear shocks, how the car acts. With I can feel the difference between cross weight and the center. Um, this is a communication question I have for you. On and I really don't know the answer to this question. And it's kind of like a one, two, or three level on how you communicate with your crew chief or your spotter or whoever's the car chief. If I was going to go into turn one and let's say New Hampshire, um, and, and I've already pre-planned my line with my crew chief, I've planned my apexes, I planned my steering input, how my, my turning patterns, my lifting patterns, my braking patterns, and we have all that set. But if I go into turn one and I, and I follow what I'm supposed to do, I can tell if, my fr- if I'm loose on entry because my front end moved in. And I can also tell if I'm loose on entry because my rear end moved out. I would say, hey, look, I need to add a little bit more bump on my right front shock, so it keeps the front end under me just for that split second until I dive in. Are you talking back to your crew chief? And this is in practice. Are you talking back to your crew chief on that level saying, hey, I believe we need more front bump on the right? Are you Are you saying, hey, I got too much break in the back? Or are you just regular characteristics of, hey, it's loose on entry, the front, or it's loose on entry, the rear, um, how deep do you go in practice, if, if, if that's kind of what I'm getting at?
1: i let my crew chief do his job, and that's a great question, because at New Hampshire, when you dive into turn one, dude, I'm going in there with a lot of speed, heavy on the brakes, and, and, and you know, I, I, I drive in pretty deep, use the brakes, get off the brakes. Then I need that thing to rotate. It needs to cut like I want it to cut, and as it's rotating, I'm feeding it the throttle, and, man, it needs to react. It has needs to have good forward bite. It needs to rotate like I want it. Uh, entry, you can't be loose on entry. Uh, sometimes you have been loose on entry. And, you know, you can either, you know, the bump, you can tow the right front. <clears throat> you can tow it out an eighth inch. That'll fix it. But there's several things you can do to tighten you up your race car on entry at loud on entry into the corners. But, man, I, I'm not... I'm not being the crew chief. I'm just telling my crew chief, Hey, I'm loose on entry. We need to fix it. It was fix it. First, we come in, we'll make a change. And if I can get in the corner, good, then I can get that thing to turn and I can shoot off the corners. But I don't tell them, uh, I don't tell them how to fix it. I just tell them what the race car is doing. When I get to them, I expect when I get to them, uh, they'll make the right adjustments. We get back on the racetrack and then, you know, we fix on entry because I don't care who you are. You got to be able to get in the, into the corner on any racetrack. If you can't, if you're loose, uh, you're not going to have a great race. If you're if you get in the corner and your car won't and your race car won't turn, you're screwed <laughs> there too. So, yeah, but I'm not. Only time uh, uh, sometimes during the race, uh, if I'm tight in the middle or my forward bite ain't where I want it on exit of the corner and we tried something, Uh, I'm I'm communicating with the crew chief, hey, you know, you dropped air pressure uh, on the right front, Uh, you dropped a track bar, I would tell you to put the track bar up, try wedge, do this, you know, but I'm communicating, we're talking together, but I'm not really telling them uh, how to fix it. At At times, I had suggested something, because in past races, years past, I remember doing this, and it made the car much better and the car would react to what I needed it to do. So, yeah, but no, I'm not telling the the crew chief uh, how to fix my race car. I'm just telling them what it's doing and it's their job to give me what I need.
3: Okay, thank you. Because I have a couple Xfinity teams that have approached me and I was just, uh, you know, to run if I can't do my own thing next year. So I, I was just, I really didn't know where I'm supposed to be at. On the such, you know how how some of the other teams are doing it. So, I,
1: I thanks for answering that. I appreciate. Well, it. I can tell you, you don't, you know, if you're at Texas Motor Speedway, that Martinsville, Virginia, you don't want to be loose getting in the corner. You want that thing underneath you where you can, you know, you can, you can uh, get in the corner deep, maybe a little bit deeper. Use the brakes, get off the brakes. You need the thing to turn in the center, rotate, and as it's rotating, you need to get on that freaking gas pedal, and you need to shoot off those corners. You want to keep as much as much momentum in the center of the corner as possible, mm-hmm. and then you know you want all the speed you can have coming off the corner. You know, and you know you got entry, middle, and exit. You know what I mean? And if you can't get in the corner, nothing else matters. But uh, but but uh, but yeah, those three things apply. I don't care what kind of racetrack it is. You got to be able to get in the corner. Cars got a truck. Cars got to rotate in the center, and you got to exit. You got to have a good exit. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's. uh, Pretty pretty basic, you know, but I'm, I've am I'm, never been a, a driver to tell my crew chief what they need to do to fix it. I just tell them what it's doing, and hopefully when I get back out the next time, it's fixed. <laughs> okay. Sure,
0: Very sure, good. Sure.
3: Hey, thanks awesome. for your time, David. I really appreciate it a lot.
1: Oh no, man, thank you, Tommy. It's been awesome,
0: dude. Yes. Uh, guys, uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Before we go uh, around the room real quick, uh, Tommy, what, what do you got going on uh, this weekend, man? Well... Um, just kind
3: of, you know, running my schedule all the way till Sunday. But now, now you guys got me all fired up to watch the Maranjo race. I'm probably going to go buy another rack of ribs, put on the barbecue and put on that race, maybe do a little snorkeling on Sunday. And, uh, I don't know, probably go out, out by the beach for a little while when the race is over.
0: That sounds like good time. Uh, David, you are off this week. Uh, Brandon Brown filling in for you. What, what are you doing in uh, your downtime then? man i had a big sponsor meeting
1: today uh, uh yesterday i was at my racing my race shop for well, my racing school getting our race cars ready we got a big peterbilt event next week We got like almost like 200 race car rides next week uh i mean and talking to my racing team uh, uh, we uh we really wouldn't schedule to run the last martinsville race uh this year it's kind of a a tough market from a sponsorship standpoint. So Brandon Brown will be driving my car, but I'm looking forward to getting to Phoenix uh, and running the last race there earlier this year. Man, I don't remember what happened to us, but we started dead last, and before the first segment was over, with we had driven up to like 10th place. You know, we had a great car. Uh, unfortunately, uh, after that first pit stop, we had a they left the right rear tire loose and we had a pit under green. It kind of ended our race. We finished the race, but we never really recovered from that, but uh, looking forward to to the last race there at Phoenix, finishing off the 2022 season, but bigger than that, man, just exciting to see who's going to win the championship and the truck series, the Xfinity series, and definitely the cup series. There's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement going into Barnesville this weekend, and And hey, just because we're racers, we're fans of the sport too. It's going to be an exciting weekend of racing there in Martinsville, so I'll be tuned in to all of it.
2: I'll be spending it here in New Mexico, spending it at home, and my wife, and getting to really enjoy our first weekend as husband and wife. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So look forward to doing that. And Tyler, what is what are the plans this weekend?
0: Uh, Just staying here in uh, Dallas. Nothing crazy this weekend. Uh, We'll definitely uh get back after it uh next weekend but uh just take him laying low uh, around here but so Dom, last weekend for sure
1: tyler's leisman really sad for us man only thing exciting he was at your wedding which was really awesome that was this big exciting thing since the jones report uh tour got canceled he don't he don't you know yeah, it's so well, not
0: as exciting as it used to be, you know what I mean? there,
2: there was no summer of Jones anymore now that we're in
0: the autumn months, yeah, so yeah. the fall hey, of Jones, hey, the fall Dominic, of Jones. Dominic, uh, David doesn't even know what happened at that reception, so. <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah,
2: I, I would say one of the top 10 moments, I was actually asked, what were your top 10 moments of the wedding and trying to still figure out like three through 10, but you're, you're in that top 10, you and
0: Matt <laughs> Horst and dancing to the New Mexico music together well, you well, well. everybody's attention. That happened, but I mean, there was there was a lot more good that happened that uh, will leave to the imagination now. <laughs> at the reception. That's what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about Matt, but
3: okay.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> on that note, we will go uh, as always. Subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Ooh, out each and every Wednesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button as well. We certainly would appreciate it. You can follow us on social media, uh, Facebook.com slash Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and email us, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. For Dominic Aragon, as well as Tommy Regan and uh, David Starr, I'm Tyler Jones saying, so long. We'll put the checker flag out in this episode. See you next week here at Let's Go Racing. Thanks for joining. See you guys.